Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. <laughs> or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, <laughs> but you will not believe. Just because they will listen. strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. <clears throat> Welcome to the we are the champions of the world. Yes, we are. The world, New England world, Patriots are the champions world, of the entire world. world. Because everyone knows there is nothing beyond the Americas other than those backward places they have. Well, there, isn't, there isn't now. The rest of the world is barred from the USA, isn't it? Thank God. We're finally, <laughs> finally, getting, finally getting our act together and cleaning this mess up. Ah. Uh, Near America yeah, could have the, yeah, a World Cup, a World Championship, and only involve itself. So, anyways, you're listening. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're not listening to uh, not Ghost now. Chronicles. Then who am I talking to if no one's listening? Well, anyways, Ghost Chronicles International with the most fabulous Steve Parsons, the world-renowned Van Helsing, and of course, joining us today is my favorite West Coast witch, that sexy Mala. Mm, I'm rubbing my hands together. Yes, yes, yes. In a witch manner. In a witch manner. You, I'm yeah. glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I corrected myself. Self yeah, not fast enough. Yeah. Not fast enough. No, not for you guys. But I try. I try to mm -hmm. keep up. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're listening right here on Tojanet, Parax, and AstroNet, whatever the hell else we are. But yeah. there you go. So, uh, you know, we are the champions, and I, and I really feel, feel bad for the rest of the country because, you know, it's so sad. you said it was the rest of the world a minute ago. Make your mind up. Yeah, well, I decided. I both ways. The rest of the world doesn't count, so. Yeah. yeah. One day it's going to get all open and swallowed up. By That's big so presidential world. of you. Thank oh, you. God. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm so, anyways, we actually have a, a guest with us today, so we should behave ourselves. And why? Uh, Never why? stopped us. Yeah, why? <laughs> Still, I mean, I, I'd I have mean, to leave if you did. This is one of my favorite guests, so I have to be really nice. No, you, you can right? be yourself, Ron. It's okay. So I, I want to meet her someday. And Mahler, is is Ron well behaved when he's on your show? Actually, for the most part, he is. Surprisingly, wow. yeah. add that. Spot, you couldn't just wow. say he, he's, he's just well, bad. Ron. Come on, there's just always the, that gray area, you know. Just the fact, yeah, that's I, wear, I wear a hat. How can you see it? <laughs> I was say, that's under his baseball cap. Yeah, there you go. See, great minds running the same gutter. I'm not going anywhere else. Yeah, <laughs> please. Yeah, don't. you better not yeah. go anywhere else. No, no, I shave anyways. I I'm gonna be Move sick on. in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Mahler, gin tonight. what? I've got pink gin tonight. That's you'd have to be British to understand what that is. Yeah, fine. Well, I'd like to know what it is. It's pink gin. But, uh, all right. Well, let me let me qualify that. I'm half British, so can you explain oh. it to me? It matches well, pink, his underwear. Am, am I am I part of the clan now? Oh yeah, pink pink oh, gin yeah. is it, it's actually a naval they tradition. Um, they had a particular type of gin which had a pink hue to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, Why um, is that? It's been recreated by it's just by the uh, dent of the. They uh, filter it through pink underwear. Yeah, um, <laughs> through lacy panties. Uh -huh. 
You go on uh, that. No, it's, it's okay. just the it's just the botanicals and the fruits as they're included in the gin. Okay, because gin has whatever those little berries are. So yeah, maybe they just let it. There, there you go. So maybe that just steeps a little longer and and berries. turns it pink. Yeah. Little berries. It's very nice. Does it taste any different? Uh, oh yeah, it's. It, I mean, don't it's, let me interrupt you. It's fifty. <laughs> something, yeah, it's fifty something percent proof as well. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, it's good it's not, it's not that. It's not that rubbish we export. Okay, thank you. Yeah, we get we, we get all the, the ick. All right. Yeah. I'll remember that. Well, we we still, we... we're still sore over the Cadbury's chocolate incident. We make our own uh, gin over here. We don't need any freaking British crap. Bathtub gin doesn't count, Ron. Yes, it does. It's oh, it does. Oh, sorry, made. Everything's going to be American-made now. Not that. <clears throat> Ron, bathtub gin emanates from the UK from the 17th century, where oh, it was also damn. known as where it was also known as Mother's Ruin, because really? of, well, it was the drink. Of, we consider you gin as being was ruined. We consider gin as being the drink of the upper class now and the, the middle classes. Um, however, gin was um, always traditionally brewed in a bathtub or a, you know a home a home still. And um, and was drunk very much by the working classes. In fact, Holbein, um, in the 18th century, commented upon the ruinous, the ruination of the poor by the imbibing of penny shots of gin. Wow, so special. Well, I want to be one of those blue-haired ladies that that goes into the pub and orders a pims. Yeah. Oh, well, I've got pims downstairs. I had pims last I, week. I'd too. like to try pims at some point. And I probably should get some, but wouldn't know what to do with it Wait, to make yeah, it sure proper. Uh, lemonade. Le- oh, that's it? Can it be something yep. a little tastier than that? No. Um, you can use tonic. Okay. How about ginger beer? Would that be bad? Uh, it probably wouldn't work. Okay. Sorry. All right. It's quite a fruity sort of it, – it's a gin-based – there's also a vodka-based version of Pims, but um, uh-huh. uh, it's quite fruity. It wouldn't. I don't think it would respond well to ginger. Okay. All it right. may do. It may do. I mean, I discovered in America that coffee, that espresso coffee and uh, diet Coca-Cola mixed well. Oh, for God's uh, sake. Cur- well, no. That was, that was, no, that was courtesy of Dunkin' Donuts. And the crazy lady, when I ordered a diet Coke and uh, an espresso shot, she put them both in the same cup. It worked. It worked. It worked. It worked. Okay. Take your word for it. Blech. I, yeah, right. that's what that was my initial reaction. Mm-hmm. She made me a fresh one, but I, I sipped the other one, and it was good. I would have spit it out, but whatever. At okay, Ron, you can come back. At least it wasn't Sorry. pumpkin-flavored. <laughs> I know. Well, you keep coming at pumpkin season, so everything <laughs> that so is... The only, thing, the only thing that isn't pumpkin-flavored when I get over there is the gasoline. How do you know if you tried it? Have you, have you sniffed yeah. it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just making sure. Okay, Ron, we'll we'll let you talk now. You we fell asleep. All right, we'll we'll carry on. Yeah. Just keep going. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You guys are doing fine. I just love listening to your voices. Apparently, you on the on the east coast in the USA, yeah, Ron was saying that earlier today that the weather's quite crappy and that they've had uh, an inch or two of snow. Wow. 
and we've got the similar because we get the the sort of west coast us weather a few days but our weather is the beast from the east because over here in the uk we're getting this huge uh, sort of influx of cold air from europe and it will be the last thing that we ever get from europe thanks <laughs> to <Brexit. laughs> anyway isn't this a show about the paranormal okay it used to be <laughs> No, not really. We we do have episode seven of the Curious. It's about spirits, and and we we were talking about talking about spirits right in with it. I was uh, quite, uh, you know, quite. Well, today we do have episode seven of the Teller of Curious Tales, and I am maybe. uh, Well, it was sent across, so and I am um, raising a glass to the Teller of Curious Tales, who today celebrates his birthday. Hmm. That's why it was delivered early. Because he's off out dining with the living, I understand. Because I'm certainly not going to call his lovely wife Thursa a dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyways, Mahler, I, I understand Hello. you have something new coming up. I have. I, it's uh, it's already here. It's not just coming. Uh, it up. is. It is. It is. I Ta-da. thought I smelled something. And and it's a lovely smell, actually. Too. Um, I actually have product now, which is which is very very cool. Um, a friend of mine used to own a um, occult store in Hollywood, which was probably the oldest occult store in the U.S. And um, it was called Panpipes. And I got to know Jimmy. She's a girl, and um, she's a master alchemist. And she's been on my show two or three times talking about alchemy and there's all different kinds of alchemy and I'm not going to go into that. But she knows very much about scents and and all kinds of stuff. And she has a new um, shop. It's an apothecary. It's called Babylon Gardens Apothecary. Mm. And so I thought, hmm, what can I create? You know, what what, maybe she would do this. And and so I asked her to come up with um, an essential oil for stirring the cauldron. And then an incense that was for divination purposes that would go along with the witch's oracle deck that I have. Ooh, that's a great idea. Yes. And she actually said yes, which surprised the heck out of me right away. But she has created these two scents. Um, so one is essential oil and the other one is incense. And essential oils are very cool. Um <laughs> because yeah, exactly. Yeah. What is that uh, essential oils? I mean, we, we I hear so much about them and, and all these spells and things and stuff. And yeah, and well, exactly. What are they? Well, it's a highly versatile kind of oil-based thing um, that can be rubbed on candles or on amulets. Um, it, it's the what they say is that the energies of the oil will merge with the magical symbolism and properties of whatever tool you're using or or whatever, and you can also wear it. Um, so, like crystals and amulets and talismans and all kinds of charms have been anointed with oils for years and years, and it turns them into magical power because the ingredients in the oil they each have a property as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, like with the stirring the cauldron oil. Now, this is like if it, if anybody's ever seen the movie Perfume with Alan Rickman, that that really kind of creepy movie. Um, they talk about overtones and undertones and everything. But so the stirring the cauldron oil has ambergris, lotus, and amber, regular amber, as the overtones, and then the undertones are vanilla and red musk and cardamom. 
And so each one of those has a special kind of property to blend it all together and make it work. So um, people also use the oil on their bodies, and it kind of brings out the energies of the oil. And so she said that the characteristics of the stirring cauldron essential oil with all these ingredients are knowledge, success, and playfulness. And she says that you wear this oil to create a perfect aspect of yourself. But like I said, you can also anoint it on candles um, when you're doing spells. And a lot of people use it kind of as a liquid incense. They get a little oil burner, you know, those little things with the little tea light underneath. And you mix it with a little bit of water and put it in the oil burner, and it makes the room smell really, really nice. So it it, it has a lot of different... um, Does it have magical powers when you do it that way? Well, it it changes the atmosphere if you're using it, you know, as kind of a room clearing. It will it will the properties of the oil will change the atmosphere in the room. Yeah, depending oh, what they are. And, and I mean, it's just like incense. I mean, if you burn um, certain types of incense, it it changes the mood. So yeah, it works the same way. But essential oils do a whole lot of different things. So. That was kind of wonderful. And then with the the incense, because you know when you do readings. Um, a lot of the times you are burning incense of some sort. So Jimmy got a hold of the Oracle deck, and she said, you know, this is a great idea. So um, she, while she created this to kind of like open the veils specifically to readings when you're using my Oracle deck, um, it, I think it works well for all sorts of divination. And so, you know, she what she, she calls it is, um, burning the incense and reading the cards, it allows you to read the veil wisdom and prediction. And so it's like creating a connection between um, the incense and the deck to make it work even better. Mm-hmm. And that's got really neat things like frankincense and mace and myrrh in it. So, yeah. So it's it's just kind of something different and unique and, and you can't get anywhere but here. Uh, you know. That's a because everybody has books. Everybody has all this stuff, and I wanted something that was a little bit different. And I thought the Oracle deck was different, and it was from the books. But, um, you know, to, to move it over and, and um, do something that actually people can use for divination and things like that, I think it was a good idea. A perfect, And that's a perfect intro for Ron to talk about Van Helsing's special brew. I know. I love we're not that here to brew. We're not, here to, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk... Go on, plug away. So, you know what's really yes. interesting, Marla, is, is that, uh, <laughs> you know, I've seen more and more in, in the Catholic Church in the use of, uh, you know, magic as in their in their rituals, which is kind of cool. I mean, we have the the healing oils, which is I guess right. would be essential oil too. Which, it yeah, it is. You know, because they're all just pure oils. They're very ba- they're base oils. I mean, I've never looked it up exactly, but but they are essential for for a number of reasons, I guess. But I think it, it's a very pure oil. I think other oils probably have additives and things to, to prolong their shelf life and this and that. I think essential oils are just very pure oils with the scents. And um, Jimmy at her Babylon Gardens, um, they use um, really, really good oils. Um, they soak like the incense in 
oils when they make that. It's really very nice. Um, everything is alchemically perfected. There is no animal testing on any of the stuff that she used. It's vegan and cruelty-free. Um, yeah, that's no fun. I know. Exactly. Too bad. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of positive things that go along. She says they're even hermetically perfected, and that kind of reminds me. I like that term, hermetically sealed, hermetically whatever. Um, but yeah, so I mean, they're they're very pure, and um, they work well. They really do. So I guess the big question I, I have, anyways, is your picture on the bottle? No. Oh, no, why Why spoil it, you know? Come on. No, it's not spoil it. That's magical. It's more magical that they just... A piece of the maker is, is on it. My my spirit is in it, okay? I'm just uh, dreading what Ron's <laughs> going to put on the packaging of Van Helsing special brew now. I don't ask. <laughs> Actually, I don't... Ron, yeah. do you remember when we were over there and you generously in the last couple of visits, there was the crystal head vodka and then the alien head vodka... What about a Ron Head special brew? Yeah, that's just what we need. That would work. Although I'm, I'd wager that people would buy a Marla Head. A bobblehead would be pretty common. A bobblehead, yeah. Yeah, a bobbleheaded, yeah, that would, that would, <clears throat> yeah, that would be appropriate. Yeah, that's appropriate for sure. Oh, Anyways. Hello, birth, birthday boys in the chat room. I told you, but you didn't listen. <laughs> You never do. Stubborn. It's a birthday. We've already wished Any, them happy birthday as well. Yes, we did. We wished them happy. You wished them happy birthday. So that's uh, that was cool. So, so Mala, these. Yeah. Um, do you have the? Where can people buy these? It's easy enough. I mean, they're sold through the Babylon Gardens Apothecary, but uh, on my website, I have an incense and oil page which talks about everything and tells you everything you need to know about this and then there's a little button way down at the bottom of the page just go shopping and it'll take you right to the babylon gardens website and oh, cool. the, yeah stirring the cauldron has their own page there and hopefully we're going to get some different products coming up um i'm thinking about body spray and candles and things like that but one thing at a time another you know different incenses and stuff yeah. But, yeah, yeah, you've, laid down, you've laid down the gauntlet now, you two, because you know I caught up with the books eventually, and um, I, I'm well aware that Ron's got his special brew, and now Marla's got her special oils. Special blend. Special blend. So, yeah. My well, oils and my blue. I prefer special brew, which would be um, funny if you're British. Yeah. And particularly if you're Scottish. One of mm -hmm. Stephen Scott would understand the, the reference to special Ron special. That's that's special. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have not, to create it one. went over my head, and I'm not sure if I should ask or not. No, You're don't anything. bother. It's not worth it, the uh, energy. Well, Special Brew is a very strong alcoholic lager that's drank by the people who used to drink bathtub gin. Ah. Yeah. Okay. And live in the, you know, hobos. They drink it out of paper bags. Uh, yes, yes, I've seen that here. That's the only um, way to drink it <laughs> yeah, well. You know, for a witch, a special brew would be just slightly different. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to get one, aren't I? I'm going to have to create one of my own. And I, I was surprised that Ron hasn't at some point had a go at me for, you know, he said, I don't know, of course, Parsons won't believe in essential oils. I'm waiting for it. Uh, mm. You know, this show is an all normal, about, you know, it's about my no, guess. 
No, I like to normally, treat my guests properly. And, and well, if you if if any of the listeners scroll back through any of the last two hundred episodes, you, they will hear you say that I don't believe in stuff. Oh, that's nice. Constantly. Okay, so when they're done scrolling, we can address that question. Uh, so, <laughs> Mala, is your, yeah. your cards are available on your website along with your books, and uh, so you have a, a little store there now with the with all these well, items. Well, it's just basically. I mean, you know, it starts out with books. We all have got the books, and then I just you know <laughs> threw in the oracle deck there, and um, now. You know, I think the Incense and Oils has their own page because that's a little bit different, although I should kind of match them up. I should, should. match the incense with the deck since one goes along with Absolutely. the other. Absolutely. Yeah, I need to work on that website. Um, yeah. But in case anybody's interested, it's marlabrooks.com, really easy to find. And then um, the Incense and Oil page can be found right underneath the Oracle deck page. Now go there because Marla is cool. Yeah. So it's an anyway. interesting yeah. Anyways, um, with this essential oils and your, your essential oil, I guess, uh, is is it like could you use this like on a Ouija board or? Oh, yeah, God. for divination. Uh, yes, for he's divination. Gonna start, he's going to start selling Ouija boards. <laughs> he you is. Can I can it just. On anything. I can yeah. just see it now. By the time I get there in the fall, Ron will have created a line of Ouija boards out of <laughs> cardboard rolled up sort of toilet roll image. We've already worked on a on a design for a I can I spirit, well, spirit that, quest Ouija board. That uh, doesn't surprise quest. me in the slightest. Yeah, whatever. No. Anyways, no well, you are essential so oils ridiculous. can be rubbed on anything. Any tools that you're using. For divinations, for dowsing rods. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It affect the cardboard guys. It would Probably do that, it's yeah. Soak into the cardboard. It's not going to end well, is it? Your Ouija well, board. Yes, it actually would. Well, because it, it would it act the... like a wick. Yeah, but your Ouija board will go all floppy. That's right. So you should you don't use want it on the planchette. Yeah, yeah. In reality, not, yeah. it wouldn't really because uh, yeah, actually the planchette yeah. makes more sense anyways. But uh, yeah. the the, uh, the Ouija, board, Ouija is, board is sealed enough that it w- we shouldn't affect it. Uh, if it's any good quality one at all. Or, 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 I mean, we're talking wood here. We're not talking this. Well, you oil wood, so that would be a sensible use of... In fact, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of, like, linseed and uh, some of the other oils are used um, not only for wood, but they're also the basis for essential oils. So that would be healthy for your wooden Ouija board, but... If yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I... had a cardboard had... Ouija board, it's definitely not going to end well. When I well, it actually could depends what the atoms are in it. The uh, when I at my manufacturing company, we we manufactured a white barn varnish for a Brookstone company, and and that had uh, linseed oil in it, which was one of the the main ingredients in it, along with uh, other ingredients, and uh, it was good. It actually uh, improved whatever you put it on as far as um, durability and. So it's yeah, it's just because it's oil. But and the only problem with linseed oil, if I don't know if you're aware of this, Steve, is that it oxidizes very easily, and uh, can create fires. Mm. Well, can, it's one of those oils that can spontaneously combust, isn't it? Yes. That's why we have the ashes in cricket because the cricket bat that they applied the linseed oil on spontaneously combusted. Seriously? No, I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The well, we, uh, 
Mm. Never mind. <laughs> no, no, I was just, I was going no, Ron to is say... Absolute, Ron is absolutely right. Chemically, it, um, yeah. some of these oils, you know, they can spontaneously combust. Yeah, let's see. And so, you know, if you've if you've linseeded your Ouija board, you could recreate a scene from um, paranormal activity. Here you go. Oh boy! It also acts, it also acts as a, a slow fuse. Uh, just saying. I had a guest on once that talked about spontaneous human combustion. Really? Yes, it was. We never get into that too much, Molly. Oh my God! You should. Yeah. You should. This was years ago, but the chat room was like enthralled, and and I think it creeped them all out because this man had wonderful stories mm-hmm. about that. And it right. to that to me, that's a creepy topic to begin with. When we did an investigation uh, at the uh, haunted Victorian in Garden of Mass, and one of the uh, residents of that place. Uh, a guy named Enos was a uh, drank bootleg liquor and so forth, and uh, he was supposedly uh, burned in spontaneous human combustion. If you go back to the pa- papers during that time, you, you will see that he did die in a fire there. Uh, but of course, it, it never mentions spontaneous human combustion. So, but it's interesting. Uh, it is. Yeah, you yeah, need I like to that. find somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw a, a, a neat thing on uh, that Arthur C. Clarke had done on uh, spontaneous human combustion, and it, it's intriguing the way it works. I mean, there are so many mm-hmm. theories about it, and, uh, you know, some of them do make sense, but other, others, are, you know, you just leave your head scratching. Well, it kind of made perfect sense, and then it gave me the creeps because, you know, the, they say, he said that it starts out by by the person feeling very warm, like a hot flash kind of right. thing. Yeah. And so... Or irritating, right? Every time I got a warm feeling, I, you know, kind of worried for a week or two. Until so there I we have women, women of certain age are now all yes. like, yeah, yeah, they're all getting very nervous in case they poach their eggs. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Hot flush and poached all the way. Yes, yes, yes. <sighs> but uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting. So, I mean, what what are your thoughts on it? Mine. Yeah. I think it's. I, I mean, I you interviewed the guy. You heard all. I his did, theories. and and he convinced me that that is actually something that can happen and does not frequently, but when it does, it really does. I mean, he he told. About you know somebody not feeling well. Um, it was you know somebody that was healthy, but they weren't feeling well, and and their spouse went out the door to go get something, and when they came back, um, all they found was ashes mm-hmm. and a bit of bone. And the thing of it is, the whole apartment didn't catch fire. It it just it kind of it's like the person goes in up in flames, and right. the chair that they're sitting on, and perhaps the ceiling above. Um, yeah, you have, there's also a, a oily like vapor that associated yeah. with it, like a black smoky vapor that's oily. And they don't know why it happens. Well, there so, are theories about well, uh, yeah. different uh, uh, chemical imbalances in the body. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, sci- scientists have actually tested some, some ideas. Um, yeah, they are. If, yeah, the Arthur C. Clarke thing went into all yeah. the theories, which were pretty mm-hmm. interesting. I mean, there's no doubt that it takes place. I mean, right. there is there is absolute proof that it, it has happened. Absolutely. Um, what they can't decide yet is how it happens. But there are some. There are several good theories that are suggestive of explanations. Yeah, 
like I, I know Nelson the answer to it. it. They just simply pissed off some witch, and that's it. Just put a little <laughs> spell on them, and oh, there they go. Well, I, well, I'm always reminded it was it was one way to you know if you if you somebody gave you a pet cat and you actually wanted a dog, it was one way to change change the uh, the <laughs> yeah just dip your cat in petrol, set light to it, good woof. Dog. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of uh, dipping cats in petrol, we have to take a break. <laughs> Jeez, so you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with the most reverend Steve Parson and the adorable, oh, the sweet little thing. Mollet. Oh, you're such a smoothie! And uh, New England's own Van Helsing Ron Cohen, right here on Tojinet, Parax, and far beyond. Welcome to Tojinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Society and musical ensemble fades into the distance with the Van Helsing theme. You're very welcome back to part two of Ghost Chronicles, the international edition. Although, how much longer that will be the case? I think there might be actually an executive order against it. Anyway, our host tonight <laughs> is Ronnie I'm Van H. About it. Yeah, Ronnie Van H. And the lovely, my favourite witch, and Ron's favourite witch too, but I'm not as smooth as Ron, uh, Marla Brooks. Yes, who's, uh, who's in California, eh? Yeah. Where it's sunny. No, not today. No? No, we've got London weather. It's gloomy oh. and rainy, yeah. No, it's sunny in London, I'm afraid, but very cold. Oh, shoot. We switched. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Not temperature-wise, though. That was breadsticks. They sent <laughs> it. Yeah. It's, yeah, we're, we're in Britain, we're suffering from the beast from the east, which is um, a big high pressure over Europe that sends all the cold wind this way. But uh, uh, the, the, the 
government have assured us that after following Brexit, that will no longer be the case. Because mm -hmm. you won't accept anything from Europe. No, like you won't accept anything from the rest of the world. Exactly. I'm <gasps> all for that. We're real, building walls. Building walls, building them higher. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, see, mm -hmm. our, our next plan is Britain's going to reinvade and reclaim North America. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they wish. You don't want North America, trust me. No, well, we want it all back except Utah. I, I understand the Queen doesn't particularly like Utah. That's the Mormons. Yeah. Anyways, moving yeah. along, because yes. we, have that, we have a new episode of uh, whatever that is. You um, know, and don't downplay it. Dylan has given up all of his birthday today, and he went, he forewent cake, and he did all of the housework so he could record episode seven of The Teller of Curious Tales, and he's in the chat room. If you really um, cared, he would have came on the show. It's not my fault. Well, we'll get him on the show, then. You told me no. Well, I, tell, I always tell you no. That's because I've just been... Yeah, yeah, just keep talking. Just keep talking. Karina, can, you, can we call up Dylan? Get him on as well. No idea. It's on Skype. Seven. So, yeah. Get him anyway. on the show. Wish him so happy we birthday. do have a real guest on the show, so not an imaginary <laughs> one. Uh, so, Bauer... <laughs> God... Molly, you've been out and about doing things I saw with uh, Forever, whatever that dead tour thing is. Dearly Departed, yes. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So how is that going? That was, that was I, I saw you do some neat things. I did, yeah. I did a witch's night over at Dearly Departed Tours, which was very, very cool. Um, just kind of did a little divination, a little demonstration, all kinds of good things. Met some very nice people. And... Um, yeah. You know, you both need to come out here and you need to take this tour. You don't it's a four hour tour of all the haunted oh. and grisly oh. murder sites and lovely things. I don't know what's keeping you both on the I East Coast. Wait, wait. Four hours there. in the same car I've, with I've spent with Steve. I've spent two serious? weeks in California. Yeah, what, a hundred years ago? Dylan, get online. You can't use the Skype system because it says you're offline. Sorry. Oh well, cares. Uh, moving right along. Frosty Anyways, <laughs> mind if I talk to our real guest, please? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, uh, Steve, you would love this, is that uh, the gentleman that runs these tours is also a collector of uh, curious items, isn't that? Uh, right? Very curious, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, you had uh, him on your show, didn't you? Yes, yes, yes. I did many years ago, huh? months ago, whatever it was. Yeah, Manson fireplaces where they died and a piece yeah. of John Denver's airplane where that yeah. he crashed in and all kinds of goodies. Yeah. You did a little one-up head. Who had the coolest stuff, so that was it. Mm -hmm. Actually, there's, a, there's a John in the chat room um, from the south of the USA. So this, is, getting, this, is, this is truly becoming international. Um, he wants to go on a Molotov. Well, I, th I think he just wrote that differently. I think he, <laughs> I think he wants to go on a dearly departed tour and is asking me. Maybe, maybe the, the well, commas in the wrong. No, I think I think we should organize while we're here now. While we've got you, yeah. Marla, I think we should yes. we should organize a Marla tour. And what would that entail? What do you think? I have no idea. I, I could tell you. I just I just <laughs> grasped you. Yeah, really? A... Yes. Tell, do tell, Ron. Do tell. Really. Molotov would be absolutely fabulous. 
Yeah. First of all, you would all, uh, you know, in order to uh, go on this little tour, uh, you would have to be naked because it's all about witch Oh. So, uh, yeah, you would ah, check, check, check your clothes at right the door. Down. Right Check uh, back to the door. We're back to that grey patch again, aren't we? And uh, yeah, he, we all know witches run around, they get around no, the fire in the woods. It's, it's, it's proven. It's, it's not it's in history. proven. It's Gerald Gardner's nonsense from the 1960s. It's, it's, it comes, it comes from because history. Because he was a sad old pervert. It comes from history. It's Rubbish. absolutely it's proven. Gerald Gardner he was a sad old pervert who just tried to persuade young ladies to get their clothes off. Yeah, that's right. So, anyways, there are there are many, 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 many instances of this. In fact, we all know what happens. We just don't talk about it. But uh, so you would actually, in order to get yourself involved in this tour, you would uh, have Nathan to be naked. Nathan says he's a witch. Nathan's yeah. a witch. So uh, you would, uh, you know, you would and you ride in the limousine, of course, and the limousine would have a. Uh, a, what do you call it? A oh. one of those sunroofs that are open, <laughs> and you would have a nice mm-hmm. garbage can in the middle where we, you would burn uh, essential oils and things. And uh, <laughs> a garbage fun. can, all right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it would be fabulous, and and you would go on and you would visit very nice places like, like? you know, like, like the graveyard, of course. So we could each collect. Uh, Mummy fresh dust dirt, or, yeah. Fresh, mm-hmm. fresh dirt, and and mm-hmm. mix it with water and smear it on your bodies because that's what witches do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> am I getting this all right? Am, am I right on? Or? I, I'm just letting you go. Keep going. Speaking of grave dirt, I have yeah. a, I have some grave dirt from the the grave of one of the um, supposed. Um, uh, I can't think of the correct word now. I think it's gin. The ones who were Jack the Ripper, one of the what's it, what's it? suspects, ah. one of the supposed suspects, James Maybrick, uh, who was buried in the town of in the city of Liverpool, and was a candidate for being Jack the Ripper. And indeed, uh, back in the 1990s, I think it was, Maybrick, uh, his diary was reputedly found in which he confesses or effectively confesses to being Jack the Ripper. Well, his grave is in Anfield, in in Liverpool. And I was there about 10, 15 years ago. And uh, we visited the grave, and I took a small teaspoonful of dirt from his grave. Did you ask permission first? Because that's... No. no we, that, we, that would we be proper etiquette. Nothing. No, I'm not kidding. You really are supposed to ask. Um, yeah, well, she don't ask about nothing. Uh, I mean, we invaded three quarters of the world. I'm not going to ask yeah. him if I have a spoonful of dirt. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I have better than that. got the I whole of India and North America without asking. I have even better than that. I actually have a recording of the voice of the person who owns the Elephant Man's remains. Huh? Yeah. And he's dead. Huh? Wow. Of course, it is a Michael Jackson record, but uh, other than that, it, was, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson owned the, uh, the remains of the Elephant Man. Did you know that? I'd heard that, yes. See, so my question would be why? But that's why not? Why would you? All right, I would not like to have in my possession any part of a dead person's body for any reason. Yeah, I do not say anything about. um, I just left my body to you in my will. I will stuff it. That's not human. That's not human. That's fine. You're okay, Margaret. It's not human. Who is that guy? Um, that's in the college back in. 
in the UK. Jeremy, somebody oh, remember? Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, the killers, yeah. The, the uh, grave robbers. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no scientist. No. He was a yes. scientist. Um, he, and he, he, he decreed that he... he I can't remember the, the he name. He left his body to science. That's right. And he sits in a glass cabinet at the top of the stairs. Except for his head. They took the head out because it got all gnarly and stuff, so it's a fake head. But the rest right. of it's him. Yeah. So we'll do that to you, Ron. Ron. It, 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 you know, well, he's got the gnarly head. Napoleon's <laughs> penis is in New Jersey. I've heard that. Yeah. So what's the big deal? I just, like I said, I I would think that maybe sometime, you know, whoever that body belonged to would come looking for that body part. And and I don't want to, you know, be caught red-handed. You could have a nice conversation. Well, it depends what you were doing with that body part. Depends what the body part was. Guys, can we change the subject? Body parts and missing it, body it's parts. My, blame it on him. You know, I mean, he should know better. Than wait a minute. Who brought up? Wait a minute. Who brought up the uh, the the remains of uh, some Jack the Ripper Durrett thing? Yeah, we're talking about missing body parts. Yeah, yeah. We, well, actually, that's just we're so insensitive. I mean, fellow invest, fellow investigators, come on, fellow they investigators, they would never do that. Are suffering in America with missing body parts and. Ron's making light of it. He Fine. needs a little pink gin, I think. He does. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, we actually have a teller of curious tales, so we have to play it. I, do you want to stay on the line with us? Uh, what's your sure. name? Sure. Yeah, yeah well. whatever my name is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or, you'll, or, you'll, or you'll miss it. It's really cool. You'll finish yeah. the show, show with us, Maz. Whatever. <laughs> All right. So, um... Can Karina, can we have a, a new uh, Teller of Curious Tales number something seven. or other? Number seven. And whilst you're at it, Karina, can you turn Ron's mic off? <laughs> I get disconnected, you know. He'll only interrupt us right throughout the whole Teller of Curious Tales, and me and Mike yeah, won't be able to I hear can, it. I can disconnect you, you know. Tonight, I, the teller of curious tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories, true stories stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the teller of curious tales. We now come to the recordings of the last illness and death of King Charles II, taken from the writings of Dr. Scarborough, one of twelve physicians who attended him in his last illness. At eight o'clock Monday morning, February the 2nd, 1685, King Charles was in his bedroom being shaved. Suddenly, without warning, he fell backwards and went into a violent convulsion. He was immediately put to bed and his personal physician called. As soon as the doctor arrived, he bled the king to the extent of one pint of blood. Next, his shoulder was cut, and another eight ounces of blood was taken from the incision. Then he was drugged. A purgative was administered, followed by another two hours later. Next, he was given a mixture containing antimony, sacred bitters, rock salt, 
mallow leaves, violets, beetroot, chamomile flowers, fennel seed, linseed, cinnamon, cardamom seed, saffron, chineal, and aloes. Since the king didn't regain consciousness after this dosing, his head was shaved and a blister raised on his scalp. As this didn't help either, a sneezing powder of hellebore root was prescribed, after which powder of cowslip was forced up his nose in order to strengthen his brain. But the king still remained in a coma, so his doctors forced a concoction of barley water, licorice and sweet almond down his throat. By this time, King Charles was so weak he was hardly breathing. So he was given a dose of white wine, absinthe and anise, followed by a combination of thistle leaves, mint, rue and angelica. Nothing happened after this either, so a plaster of pitch and pigeon droppings was applied to the bottom of his feet, followed by a good stiff dose of a mixture of melon seeds, manna, slippery elm, lily of the valley, peony, lavender and dissolved pearls. A little later, his mouth was again forced open and gentian root, nutmeg, quinine and cloves were poured down his throat. As his condition continued to grow worse, and he developed new convulsions, an emergency dose of 40 drops of human skull was administered. Nothing seemed to help. Medical science was completely stumped. So they used a little witchcraft. A bezoar stone was tried. This is a sort of gallstone found in goats and was believed to have magical properties. After all this, Dr. Scarborough writes, Alas, after an ill-fated night, His Serene Majesty's strength seemed exhausted to such a degree that the whole assembly of physicians lost all hope and became despondent. Still so, as not to appear to fail in doing their duty, they brought into play their most active cordial. This most active cordial was a mixture of dissolved pearls and ammonia. But this only proved the straw that broke the camel's back, and the king gave up the ghost and joined his ancestors. Can you imagine even a healthy person remaining alive after such a treatment? Modern doctors believe, from a study of the recorded symptoms, that King Charles was suffering from a kidney disorder. But in the 17th century, when anyone was sick enough to need a doctor, he was as good as dead. Unless he had a constitution that could stand what poor King Charles couldn't. Apparently, some of them had such constitutions, because occasionally, a patient did get well. The gong strikes. My time is up. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. The teller of curious tales has closed his book and about to go on his way. I'll be back again on Ghost Chronicles International 
with more strange stories. Sleep tight. <laughs> How would you ever Bloody hell. figured out the synchronicity of that teller of curious tales written 60 years ago with tonight's radio show? Because I know. How about that, huh? Only Dylan had heard that because he said it. And I don't listen to it when I send it across to the uh, to you guys. So I certainly don't. I have to get the download. So we spent the whole of the show building up to that Teller of Curious Tales, which mm-hmm. was about potions and how effective witch. they are. Even which and mm-hmm. Bezoars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. That was just amazing. Just makes was, me want to go. That was, it's sick. That was witchcraft. Yes, it was absolutely. Which, by the way, which, by the way, will probably be, uh, you know, most of the science that we have nowadays will be witchcraft, you know, 100 years from now. Psychology definitely will. It's not even a science now. Yeah, it is. Just ask them. They'll tell you. No, 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 no. They'll tell you. They will tell you it is. Then psychics will tell you they're psychic. Yes. And what are you saying? Psychics aren't psychic? No, I'm saying psychics will tell you they're psychic. Mm-hmm. He's very I diplomatic. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Diplomacy is his strong suit. Yeah. Anyway. So, that's uh, that was uh, pretty good. And it just... Uh, just uh, It's just been in with the show, which is just crazy. Yes. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Life is too strange. So, okay. oh, let me ask you this about... Uh, you know, we saw just what happened there where we had something that no one knew that Marla was going to be on the show because I asked you, like, what, 15 minutes before the show? Uh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, so it, we talked about potions and stuff like this, and next thing we know, we have this. Now, did we... Did you guys make a note of all the recipes? Of course we did. I've used half of those myself. I remember absinthe, but I don't remember anything else. No, oh, not after, not after absinthe. <laughs> no, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I tried the absinthe. I can't remember what happened next. Yeah, pigeon droppings of the feet were good. I like that one. Forty drops of human skull. Oh, that's another one. Yeah, we could do that. So anyway, um, but that's so synchronicity. I mean, what is that paranormal? What just happened? It was just mm. totally coincidence. And what is coincidence, by the way? You know, everybody to me, okay, I get on my soapbox about, you know. Yay! I love soapbox, which is. Yeah. I think I've got 12 minutes to kill. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But no, I I mean, people, you know, you hear about synchronicity and everybody's, oh, yeah. So then everything that happens to them, oh, my God, that's synchronicity, you know, and they'll, they'll dig really hard to make it so. Mm-hmm. And and so that that kind of just annoys me. Um, coincidence. Good. I'm I'm good with coincidence. Things do happen like well, that. What is coincidence? Um, it's not as trendy as synchronicity, but it's kind of the same thing. You know, things that just happen haphazardly. Is that, I mean, that's you know, does things that really, uncanny, really, uncanny. Yeah. Does it really happen haphazardly? Or does the universe control it and make it happen? There's the other issue, too. Did the universe come in and um, have something to do with it? Or is it that people are just imposing their own order onto the chaos? 
Exactly. I mean, that, that too. I mean, it's, it's, you know, just like, okay, well, I heard this word on the EVP. Well, I didn't hear anything on that EVP. What word did you hear? Well, you heard the, oh yeah, I heard that. You know, I mean, it's, it's just, people are impressionable. Well, we, we, we are creatures who, who, you know, we, we generally dislike chaos. I mean, we, we crave order. And, okay. um, for you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, when we when we see order, when we see apparent order, we latch onto it, and we we have a so great, we riot in the streets. We disregard things that don't conform to our ideas. So if we're looking, if we've been, we probably think about, I don't know, twenty, thirty, forty more people a day. If one of them phones us, um, mm-hmm. we might we might think, oh, I only thought about you a little while ago. Uh huh. But yeah. you're disregarding the other twenty, thirty people that you thought about. Mm-hmm. And you're I making know. far more of a, an event or or, or a, a connection uh, yes. to, to just a random event. They phoned you. Also, in terms of this idea of phone calls and people knowing about who's going to phone them, um, there has been some research done into this. And actually, we have a very small, you know, the average person uh, has a quite a small phone book in terms of the number of contacts that they have uh, who will regularly phone. So it will be members of family it will be a close, small circle of friends and other acquaintances. And so you, really you've only got to you know, then make a guess of perhaps 20 or 30 people who are likely to call. Now, we then apply reasoning to that because you know that your mother or brother or sister phones you on a Tuesday evening um, or that work will phone you between certain hours or that. So you gradually realize that in actual fact what you um, are saying is coincidence or a sciability. I thought about them, then they phoned. It's actually more deductive reasoning. Yeah, I don't. Uh, do you know? I mean, I know you phone, you know, you, you call me on Skype every Tuesday. It's just uncanny how I know beforehand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you make everything so simplistic when when life is far beyond that. When you look at the odds of things happening, then you, uh, it just... Uh, well, we all know what statistics and odds do to uh, reality. Oh, here we, go, here we go, here we go. Actually, one statistician Select this idea of... But one statistician actually did a study about um, the, what, what is the statistical probability of going to a giant city like New York or London and meeting a member of your family or a very close friend um, on the street, and whenever we say oh, a small world, it's actually as low as eight to one. Hmm. It's an incredibly small le- uh, level of odds. It's yeah, also right. the same as you only need—is it eight or ten people in a room for them to for there to be a very high probability of two people having the same birthday? Wow! Really, that's just amazing. And how do you know that? Statistics. Yeah, that's right, figured. Uh huh. So, anyways, do you know they put your your internal organs in little jars? Yeah, your stomach goes in the jackal jar, your liver goes in the human jar, huh? your lungs go in the baboon jar, and the falcon huh? jar holds your intestines. Huh, that's nice. That must it's be good a to big know. jar. It's good to know, you know. Can I, we, like oh, how did we get to canopic jars from? <laughs> what? Well, you just referred to canopic jars, which were from ancient Egypt. How did we get to canopic jars? I didn't. Jars? I don't know what you're talking about that. You did? Didn't he, Marla? He did, actually. Yes, he did, actually. I was right. Oh, my God. Yeah. I must be in a trance. 
No, what you are must you be channeling an ancient Egyptian. He's reading. He's probably. On he's on Google again. He doesn't read. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know how to use computers actually, so I have problems. <gasps> I bet I've been in your office. I've seen how many computers you've got. The thing you don't know what to do is to install printers. Uh, yeah. Thanks for doing that. By the way, <laughs> I said it cost me, you know, X number of dollars to bring him over here so he could install my printer, but it was well worth it. Yeah, that was good. So anyways, Mala, we want to thank you so much to tell us about your new uh, essential oils and uh, Mala incense. What are these called, by the way? What's the name of them? Well, it's just stirring the cauldron oil and uh, the witch's oracle incense. The witch's oracle incense. And it's essential that you go to Mala's website, which is? MarlaBrooks.com. And get your essential oils. Mm-hmm. And your incense, yes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. wouldn't you be making a new uh, line of lingerie? I'll think about that. And they said Trump, <laughs> and they said Trump was a misogynist, and they rioted in the streets. <laughs> there you go. He, he's just a little frisky today. That's all. Yeah, but it's just your voice, Mal. Every time I hear it, it just drives me nuts. Really? <sighs> yes, yes. It's okay. a bit of Patty Grain again. <laughs> well, anyways, that's the end of the show, thank God. And uh, we've got to move on. So uh, yeah. remember, Steve Steve Parson is coming over here in September, whether you want him or not. God and, bless America. Uh, yep, September and October. So uh, God help America. Check out the website, itegosproject.com, and find out what the hell it'll be up to. And, of course, wait a minute, I just yeah. have to announce this. And once you found out, let me know. April, April twenty. 20- what is it, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, I will be doing a paranormal and spiritual retreat uh, at the Black Swan Inn in Tilton, New Hampshire. And uh, you get to spend the whole weekend with me. So uh, you, you eat with me, sleep with me, all that cool stuff. Hunt ghosts with me, do yoga with me, meditate with me. Yeah, it's all going to be great. So anyways, time to go. Good night. God bless. <laughs> Good, Good night. night. Thanks, Marla. Good night. You're Good welcome. Night. Thanks. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.